0: And now that he's here, let's start the podcast.
1: You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN Podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook now here is your host president of grace nation ministries victor yo
0: yo yo what is up guys welcome back to a brand new episode of bringing grace to the nation's podcast i am your host and i am joined today with a very special guest and his name is griffin what is up griffin what's up dude how's it going Dude, it's going great, man. How are you? I am doing well. My summer is winding down. Now, the funny thing is, is as my summer winds down, you just keep having free time. Like, that's not fair. You've graduated college. You're done. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Like, what's that like? I mean, is it better, worse than you expected? It's so much better. It's It's incredible. Like, I have a job,
2: and I just do my job, and then, like... I come home and don't have homework.
1: Wow! Just,
2: it's, it's a beautiful no dream.
1: homework, no
0: papers due, no no, papers. no systematic theology tests to study for, no dispensational stuff getting threaded through your mind, nothing like that. <laughs> nothing. Wow! Like that. I am next level jealous of you right now because I just ordered all of my Greek textbooks and it's. I just look at the page number on these textbooks and it scares mm. me. Um, and nope. you know it's scary. When the professor asks you to buy his book on Greek, like, you know, it's about to go down when he does that. You know what I mean? He's like, I am the best. No one is better than me. So buy my book and make me money. I think that's what happens. I don't know. That sounds about right. That's yeah. That's why people become professors. I, to be honest, to sell their book. I know if I was a professor and I was teaching like philosophy and I had a book, on like, I don't know, gay marriage or something. i just have people buy it for fun. You know what I mean? It Required reading. So I had a professor this last semester. Actually, uh, he had us all write papers on the book. And then he had us go to Amazon and post them as reviews on his (laughs) Amazon. (laughs) Amazon. So that's what professors are doing. And I have straight, like, hey, I respect. Like, if you can do it, I I respect you for it. Because that's that's straight up baller. Um, But, okay, podcast. So, we are going to tackle a very fun topic. A topic that you you might already know because of the intro song. Because we had to invite the Holy Spirit in this place before we could record this podcast. And we are going to be talking about the third person of the Trinity. And his name is the Holy Spirit. What, What? Now... We put together a little outline, so we're going to try and go through the outline as as straightforward as possible. We have some Bible verses we want to read for you guys, but uh, just to give you guys just a little idea of where we're coming from, I would totally recommend, like totally, totally recommend that you go back a few episodes and listen to the podcast on the Trinity. Because you go back, you listen to that podcast that I did on the Trinity it's with my buddy Tyler. He's not oh, as cool as Griffin. Yeah, yeah, Griffin, way way better Gosh. co-host. Um, Go back, listen to that podcast. It will give you, I think, a solid foundation for what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. And we're going to be going into a little bit more depth uh, on the ideas that we talked about in that podcast, so maybe those are two good podcasts. I really just want you to listen to all my podcasts. That's all, that's all I'm getting getting at here. He's like the professor of podcasts, right? I need you to go listen through all my podcasts, write a review, and then just post it as a five star rating. <laughs> if you don't do that, you fail. Like get out. I had I had I've had some great uh, conversations with you guys. You guys have been emailing me. We've been talking. That's super cool. Keep it up. I've had so much fun. But the Holy Spirit now. Before we even dive into to uh, what this like the outline that we have set up here, I want to talk about a little bit behind like what motivated me to do the podcast on the Holy Spirit, and it was actually because of the Trinity podcast that we had done previously. And we were talking about some of the issues and Tyler had brought up something really interesting. He had said that there are two like views of the Holy Spirit and they're both wrong. You have you have one view, the overly fundamentalist side, and then you have the other view, the over overly like neo-charismatic side. And we're going to talk about what both of those are today. And when I heard those, I was like, wow, like I think that would be something that would be really interesting to do an entire podcast on because I think we can all fall into the traps of both sides, even if you don't know what those two big words are, well, explain them but I think we can both fall into these traps and so I don't know it just kind of motivated, voted, motivated me to do another podcast and so here Griffin is because mm-hmm. Griffin has a bachelor's in advanced theology and I have to take advantage of his degree because sure. he's a genius and he also works at a <laughs> church so he's kind of got it all going for him right now. God is good all the time all the time. God is That's good. my part. I say all the time God is good jerk. <laughs> Anyways Who is the Holy Spirit? I think before we can dive into any of the questions or any of the problems or any of the dilemmas that we have that we want to discuss, we have to know who is the Holy Spirit because that will give us the foundation for um, the rest of what we're going to be talking about. So Griffin, if you could give me maybe a verse and then a little explanation, like who is the Holy Spirit?
2: Right. Well, you know, this isn't a a Trinity discussion, so we don't have time to really go into that, but the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity, which means that the Holy Spirit is... Fully God, along with the other two persons of the Trinity, uh, which is a whole nother thing. Right. As far as what who the Holy Spirit is, uh, John fourteen sixteen says, "And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you and be with you forever." And uh, that's referring to the Holy Spirit. And so, what that kind of means is, the Holy Spirit is sent to to help us. It, it's sent yeah. to live with. You know, you know, we always say the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It's because the Holy
0: Spirit is who Jesus sent. To, to aid us in our our Christian walk. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, even, it's, it's not explained in this verse, I think it's a little bit further down in this chapter, but it, or maybe even a little bit before this verse, where, where Jesus is basically saying, like, it's better that I leave. Like, it's cool that I'm here, like, I've done all this really awesome stuff, but, like, it's better that I leave so I can send this spirit to you, because he will be individually living and dwelling within each person within each Christian and that's going to be far more beneficial for the cause of Christ with with him and so I have to go so that I can send him. And I think I think that says a lot about jesus's character, but I think it also says a lot about the importance of the Holy Spirit and what his role is in our life.
2: Absolutely.
0: And so the Holy Spirit, that's who he is. He is the third person of the Trinity. He's a person. Like, and he's fully God. Like, we have to get this understood. Like, he's fully 100% completely God. And we'll talk, I mean, that goes into a little bit of our misconceptions about what people think. But he is totally God. We see it all throughout the Bible. Read Romans 8, read read Romans 12. Um, But that leads us to ask a question. Okay, so who is he? He's God. What is his role? So Jesus said that he was a helper. Let's dive a little bit more into that, Griffin. Like, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? I think the role of the Holy Spirit
2: is one of the coolest things on the planet because it's uh, it, it it leads into how we worship the Holy Spirit. It leads into how we interact with the Holy Spirit, uh, and and it leads into how we how we study the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it, it will talk about the issues between the fundamentalist and charismatic views because the job, the role of the Holy Spirit, is to point us to Christ, mm. and that's that's a very interesting thing because the Holy Spirit takes on a a servant attitude uh, and points, Christians, us people, like his job is to glorify Jesus. right? Uh, And John, uh, that's in the Bible, in John 16, verses 12 through 15, Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs all that belongs to the Father is mine. that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you mm, That's a really <laughs> good passage. It's amazing right and yeah. so it, it, it definitely goes into um, the Trinity and the, the different positions that the different people the persons of the Trinity have where the Holy Spirit is definitely uh, you know he, he points to Christ right and it's
0: awesome right no absolutely and I think um, and, and I think this passage. Uh, like it not only tells us what the Holy Spirit's job is or or what he does, but I think it also tells us a lot about what our focus should be in life. Um, I mean, look at it, right? If it's the Holy Spirit's job to point to Jesus, to point to Christ, to glorify Christ, right? Then who, and we also have to understand, like the Holy Spirit is fully Christ, fully God. The Holy Spirit is pointing to himself, right? But in the context of the Trinity, so we can understand it, we say that he's pointing to Jesus, right? Right. It's it's crazy to see that the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus, and our eyes also need to be pointed to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit helps us do that. Amen. Yes. And so I just, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a really cool thing to kind of uh, just listen to and understand. Um, and I think John sixteen does it uh, fantastic.
2: Yeah. the The reason that there really isn't a ton of published study on the Holy Spirit. That people, you know, scholars, I mean, have been asking questions of why aren't there any books on the Holy Spirit? It's because any good, lengthy study and discussion of the Holy Spirit will ine- inevitably turn into a discussion of Christ mm. uh, because that's the Holy Spirit. It's true.
0: It's 100 de- percent. Absolutely. Um, beautiful. OK, so who is the Holy Spirit? He's a 100 percent God. He has come to this earth. He is our guide and he points not only us to God, but he points he himself to God. Everything that he tells us, everything that he reveals to us is from Jesus. That's his role. That's what he does. He is our communicator. He convicts us. We see it all throughout the Bible. Now, that leads us and and into two of some of the biggest problems within Christianity. That I think exist.
2: That's true.
0: Um, because from these two, from these two camps, they lead to probably the most amount of heresy within the Christian religion, hands down. I don't know if you would disagree with that. No, I'd agree with that. Um, it, it's it's
2: it, it's the 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 discussion of the Holy Spirit is a creates a lot of other problems. So right. a lot of other problems that you, that are really a symptom of the bigger problem of a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I would even,
0: like, it's obvious because, like, if it's the Holy Spirit's job to point to Jesus, if we have a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit, what's inevitably going to follow? A misunderstanding of who Jesus is, right? Yeah, and yes. we look at that, that is, if we have a misunderstanding of who Jesus is, if we don't know who Jesus is, like, that's not Christianity, all right? So these two issues cause and can lead to things that just are not christianity and so we want to talk about them i think we all can have tendencies to kind of lean into one or the other so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we're also going to talk about the fix like how like what is a healthy view of the holy spirit Uh, okay so the first one we said the names earlier the first one is the fundamentalist um The the fundamentalist, I guess you could say, view or the fundamentalist position. There's a lot more perspective. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into fundamentalism. A ton more. But we're going to focus specifically on the Holy Spirit. If you had to sum up what a fundamentalist does to the Holy Spirit, how would you kind of put it into words?
2: Uh, I... Well, first of all, fundamentalist is just is, is one of the, you know, don't say words of 2018, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just in general, not even in Christian circles, just in general, the the term fundamentalist is getting just dragged through the mud. And uh, and I don't think that having a fundamentalist view of a lot of things is, is bad if, if we take it from the definition of the word. But the fundamentalist camp has uh, definitely moved away from a lot of right. – of, uh, conservative doctrine and kind of taking it a step too far. I personally come from my, my background is, is definitely more fundamentalist leaning. Uh, when, when I start to slip into bad doctrine or bad ideas, it is usually on a fundamentalist lean. Right. Um, and so this is definitely something that I have a lot more, experience with uh the best way that i can explain it is um they call it the holy ghost not the holy spirit and they're afraid <laughs> of
0: ghosts so, all right <laughs> um that's great um, i've never heard that before in my life <laughs> they call it the holy ghost but they're scared of ghosts <laughs> um, that's yeah.
2: honestly like it's true they, i mean i can think of just in, in growing up at the churches and the you know i went to a christian school and stuff and it just felt like we never talked about the holy spirit right it felt like we never talked about the power of the holy spirit the influence of the holy spirit and I, I, at the time, I didn't know why and right. because I never really thought about it. Right. And then, you know, I started going to a college, a Bible college, started learning about it and learning about the different roles. And I was just like, why have we ignored the Holy Spirit? Right. And it just feels like, you know, we, obviously they talk, we talk about the Holy Spirit. Everyone's going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but, you know, they're not going to not use the word. But right. when they talk about the power and letting the Holy Spirit come into your life, really, and, and let him work and let him do his job. Right. Right. Um, it feels like the fundamentalist camp tends to turn away from that because of a fear
0: of appearing um, kind of mystic. Right. Exactly. I th- yeah. I completely agree. I think I think this is something that that a lot of uh, that a, a large portion of Christians struggle with, whether it be like super conservative Christians. Um, a lot of a lot of your like, I don't know, like. I wouldn't say like 1800s to 1900 Christians fell into this camp, but I would say that that's when like fundamentalism, the fundamentalist camp kind of grew largely is between the 1800s and 1900s. I think it's influenced our culture a ton today. And I mean, I would say that the fundamentalist camp devalues the role of the Holy Spirit 100%. Yes. Uh, Yes. And I think that's where our danger comes into play because when we start stifling the holy spirit when we start putting restraints on what he can and cannot do we start to begin to play the role of god like read what like recall john 16 what we just read a, a while ago right everything that comes to the holy spirit is from jesus right and so right. if we start to begin saying what the holy spirit can and can't do then we're in essence playing the role of jesus uh, and that's definitely not how it's supposed that is to work. That's not how we want to do this, right? So. <laughs> and so, if you just follow the logical conclusion of of what that looks like, it ends in an idolatrous Christianity. Even though we're de- even though it, it it's kind of pushing something to the side, we're actually creating this idolatrous um, picture of God in our heads, and this comes with a, in a lot of different forms, I think. Uh, I think reformed people can fall into this a lot. Unfortunately, I am reformed. Griffin is a hard seven-point Calvinist. He's a hard reformer. (laughs) He's just... He's probably the most Reformed person I know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm totally kidding. He's not at all. topic for a different day. (laughs) But I am Reformed, and being in the Reformed camp and being a five-point Calvinist, I can see a lot of the damage that fundamentalist thought has had in the Reformed camp. And I think, Griffin, you looking into the Reformed camp, this is something that you could probably say plagues Reformed theology.
2: Yeah, I was definitely raised in it from a reform perspective and so i have a lot of experience there and um one of the reasons that i i've kind of moved away from that line of thinking is not because i don't have a respect for it and not that i don't see i i you know i'll never look at a person who's reformed and think they're an idiot um right because
0: i'm the smartest person you know that's, and i'm that's, not,
2: that's fundamentally not true
0: <laughs> but yeah um, I, I see um,
2: but because uh, I, I just know some of the some of the pitfalls that fall into that into that line of thinking, and one of those is is a misrepresentation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and just knowing myself, um, I still have a tendency today to to fall into fundamentalist Holy Spirit perspective problems. Right, and um, just even in the church that I've been working at, when when they start talking about the Holy Spirit moving and the Holy Spirit doing things, and I, I kind of like I, I work very hard to fight it, but there was a little part of me inside that just goes right, like, right. Yeah. How, but because of that's how I was raised. Right. That's how I was raised my whole life. And no, I'm trying so hard to, to reframe my mind and my attitudes. But it's like can, counter yeah, that it definitely uh, it can definitely over time a fundamentalist perspective like that can definitely misrepresent God oh yeah absolutely for people
0: and and I think I think one of the reasons and and we've talked we have podcasts describing the sign gifts uh, and talking about the sign gifts and what is the role of the Holy Spirit in those sign gifts there's a whole bunch of episodes about that you can go listen to them I'll put I'll link all the episodes that I've referenced in this podcast in the show notes that you guys can easily get to them but in that podcast, we talk about two major views, the cessationist and then the continuationist. Sure. And in that, uh, I think a lot of reformers are cessationist. Uh, they are, which means that, that they believe that the gifts, that the signed gifts of the Holy Spirit or the signed gifts that God has given us have ceased which means prophecy, healing, all those types of gifts, speaking in tongues, they believe that those have ceased. And I think, and I, like I said, I'm not cessationist, Griffin. I don't believe you are either. Um, I think not that that view in itself is fundamentalist. I think that that can be kind of the catalyst that can begin fundamentalist thought.
2: They tend to walk hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's a logical progression. Right. Uh, and I definitely, I, I am not a cessationist. Uh, mainly because I don't, I'm not comfortable telling God what he can and can't do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I land on cessationism. Right. Uh, but I see, I mean, again, I see their perspective and I understand where they're coming from. Right. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the Holy Spirit what he can not do. Right. Can. And like we said, like, <laughs> I don't
0: think cessationism is the, is the, is like, what is a fundamentalist, but I do think it could be a catalyst to start that, that kind of, uh, that mind frame or that, I don't know how to, how to say that, but that like that that, that line, line of, of thought. Thinking. Yeah, that's it. That line of logic. That yeah. line of thought. Um, and so that's one thing that and we have podcasts describing, uh, describing what those are, and you can hear my position on geographical continuationism. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like my that's my term. I coined it, even though it's not really my term because it's just called. Um, it's called what cautious content, but I just, I just said something else because Geographical I'm smart.
2: Sounds so much better.
0: I know. Right. So I'm going to write a book. Uh, cause you know, that's what we do. So yeah, I would just say fundamentalist thought and it's, in its most simple form is a devaluation or, a, or a devalued view of the Holy spirit and the role that he plays in a believer's life. Um, I think, I think that's, I think that's the, uh, the most simple way to describe that. And I think one of the dangers is that we're, is, is when we begin to tell the Holy Spirit what he can and cannot do. I think that's one of the dangers of, of when we start playing Jesus. And so catch yourself. These, this is like a practical application. Like if you see yourself like telling what Jesus or telling the Holy Spirit, what he can and cannot do, take a look and stop. Okay. You're falling into fundamentalist thought.
2: Yeah. If we ever, if we can't put God into our brain boxes, you know, We can't put God into our human boxes. And so, so, yeah, we just can't do that.
0: (laughs) I have roommates, guys. (laughs) I'm going to do my best to edit that out. Um but he's he's having fun man all right. I, I'm not gonna blame him. he's singing in the bathroom, so You <laughs> can't i can't i can't I'm not gonna devalue him, okay, like the fundamentalists <laughs> do the holy spirit all right uh but yeah, so that that would be that would be my that would just be my little two cents my little wisdom there if you find yourself telling what, the Holy Spirit what he can and can't do um then I, w- then I would really seriously uh, take a look at yourself. And that includes what he can do. Like, let's take a second to talk about that. Like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, okay? Like, I know I played that song as a joke, but, like, if we're telling the Holy Spirit where he can be, like, if we have to give him permission to do something, again, we're falling into a dangerous mind frame, dangerous mindset where we're playing Jesus. Yeah. And I think we can fall into a fundamentalist uh, perspective. Yeah.
2: Yep, 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 and then it flows right into the next uh, yes. issue
0: of of overdoing this concept. <laughs> yeah, like an overemphasis. So we talked about the devalue, you know, like telling telling the Holy Spirit, you know, like devaluing Him to the point to where we tell Him what He can and can't do. But then, all right, then we get then we get pushed into a second dangerous category, and that is the charismatic perspective. And I'm not first of all, I wanna I wanna preface this, okay. I'm not saying, again, not all Charismatics. I would I would even go to say that the Neo-Charismatic, which is like more and more Charismatic than what the Charismatics are, fall into this. But there definitely are some Pentecostal churches, some non-denominational churches that, that do this. And this is what we would say is an overemphasis of the right. Holy Spirit. So Griffin, if you could tell me in a few, you know, short little statement sentences, what does an overemphasis of the Holy Spirit look like? And how can we spot it?
2: Well, it looks like what's happening in the charismatic movement where um, – and again, yeah, I liked what you said before that. I don't like to generalize right. all charismatics or all fundamentalists are this way. These are just leanings that, right. we tend, that we've we've perceived in the past couple of years. But um, the charismatic church puts so much emphasis on the Holy Spirit that you you can forget about Jesus mm. um, and you can start to you, – you start to not do what the Holy Spirit's job is, which is to right. point to Jesus when you start pointing to the Holy Spirit too much and you start creating problems, you start creating a, uh, really the easiest way to find it is an experience, experience-generated religion. Um, right. Because the Holy Spirit is all about an experience mm. to, to the charismatic mm. movement. It's all about experiencing the Holy Spirit. Emotions. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I, I am, I never want to devalue emotion. I never want to say that it's not an important aspect of Christianity, but it's not the most important aspect of Christianity. It is right. always secondary and tertiary to... What is, what is the role of the Holy Spirit, which is the point to Jesus. Right. Uh, whether or not you're feeling, quote-unquote feeling, the Holy Spirit that night
0: is not a, a barometer of right. whether or not you're worshiping. That's, uh, I love that you brought that up because I recently had the opportunity to go back to Florida. So right now I'm in North Carolina, Griffin's in Florida. That's super cool technology, right? But, <laughs> but I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to go back to Florida and to actually serve with my home church at a camp that they put on. And at camp, and I'm sure if anyone that's listening, Griffin, I'm sure you've had this, you know, in church camps and things like this, where there's this thing that kind of happens and it's like a camp high, right? And it's, it's a, Thursday
2: night, baby. Right.
0: It's a very emotionally driven Christianity because we're feeling all these emotions. We feel overwhelmed, right? And it was it was this really awesome thing. So at our camp, we went to Camp Kalakwa. And it was, an, it was an amazing time. And Pat, our, the pastor that was speaking there had basically moved what was supposed to happen on Thursday night. That What happens on Thursday night is a gospel presentation. You know, kids are saved. People are crying. And he moved that to Tuesday. All right? So, like, he was like, we're going to start this week with a nice. banger. And then we're going to disciple the rest of the week. I loved it. It was great, That's right? That's awesome, actually. It it, yeah, great. amazing, right? So, he when he did that Tuesday... All these kids were crying, bawling, like people were being saved, like dead people were coming to life in the name of Christ. It was an amazing time, right? But the next day, all right, the next day he built, he, he got the whiteboard out and he drew a small little diagram, all right? And it was a little train, okay? And there was the, there was the, there was like the front, the engine, then there was like the passenger car and then there was like the caboose, all right? And he, he basically uh, drew out the diagram of what should be driving our faith, And what should not be driving our faith. And although emotion plays such an important role, the Holy Spirit utilizes emotion. He uses it as a gauge. I have a post on emotion on Grace Nation that I posted probably about a week ago. You should go check it out. God uses it as a gauge. It is not what pushes our... Uh, You could say our locomotive, our Christianity train forward, okay? Right, exactly. And I think when we move emotion to the front, when it's the motor, it it will go forward a little bit, and it might start off really fast, right, off that camp high. But Mm -hmm. it will slow down and come to a halt real quick, and you will start going backwards, okay? And so that, like, emotion plays a vitally important role in our Christianity. The Holy Spirit uses it. It's an amazing tool. It's a gauge for where we're at. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But it's never what drives.
2: Emotion is is a sprint, and not a marathon. Right. Um. And if it's in the right place, if if emotions in the proper position in your in your line of thinking, that sprint can really give you a great boost. But if right. That's what, if that's your your primary source of movement in your in your relationship with Christ, it's just the fluctuation alone you're not going to have a consistent relationship with god yeah if it's built on emotion you're not going to have the endurance um,
0: to do it like endurance. and
2: so and um it's true having an overemphasis on the holy spirit tends to create a, a an emotion driven relationship with god
0: yeah it creates emotion driven theology right and and like i said so we start with 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 an overemphasis on the holy spirit it begins to create this emotion driven christianity this emotion driven theology and then Basically, Christianity turns into whatever we're feeling that day, okay? And this is where we see a lot of heresy plaguing Christianity through the charismatic movement, whether it be women in the pastoral roles. Because emotionally, I feel like this should be culturally acceptable. Or uh, even, even things within the charismatic movement uh, talking about abortion. Well, it's a woman, it's her body. Or men going overly far. Well, I feel like I can dominate my wife and, and control her. Like it, when you allow these emotions to control your theology, mm. it's not Christianity anymore. It's not even the Bible anymore. It's your own doctrine, idolatry that you've come up with in your brain.
2: Right. When you start equating emotion with Holy Spirit, um, it's going to go the other way around. If you yeah. start thinking that that emotion is given to you by the Holy Spirit, you're going to start thinking that your just normal day to day emotions are the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you're, you're in a world of trouble. At that yeah. point, point. Um, and I think we can see that, in, in, in definitely the neo charismatic especially of uh, that they, the whatever they're feeling. And again, I and this comes from my fundamentalist roots, but I, I kind of see a lot of that with like speaking in tongues and stuff. Oh like yeah. That, oh yeah. Of just like oh they feel like this this fits. Um, let's let's rock this thing. And, right. And um, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see that. I think that that's a low view of God. A very um, low view. Yes. And and it just it just doesn't work. Yeah. I, com- and, I completely agree. And what agree. the job of the Holy Spirit is? The job of the Holy Spirit is not to like make you feel good. Right. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point you to Jesus. Right. Um, and, to, and to make to get you to, to run to Jesus. And not sometimes to give you a
0: spiritual high. Like sometimes being pointed to Jesus doesn't make us feel good like like no it it's does true. not always making you feel like good. like read James like he talks about how like he will push us down right like he will he will turn away our pride like if 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 us being pointed to Jesus means that our pride needs to be pushed down I'm going to tell you that's not the best feeling in the world okay it not. like it's a struggle and you wrestle and it's difficult but ultimately you are being pointed to Jesus the holy spirit is doing his job and you will be closer to Jesus at the end of it. And so the role of the Holy Spirit is to not only point you to Jesus, but he himself points to Jesus. Um, and I mean the Holy Spirit is so much. And I want I, – I feel like we, we just don't have time to go into everything. Because verses are just starting to pop into my head, but like the Holy Spirit prays for us, like he like he communicates to Jesus God, peace. like when we can't, yep. like there's so much that the Holy Spirit does, and I'm gonna I'm telling you guys that it is crucial for us to have a correct view of the Holy Spirit because when we misinterpret Him, when we devalue Him or overemphasize Him, we will begin to see ourselves slipping into an idolatrous Christianity, whether it be us playing God or us uh, being having an emotional driven theology that's not Christianity, we will stray far. So this is crucial to the Christian faith. This is this is like foundational. This is like what is our orthodoxy? Like having a, a correct view of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, and so, Griffin, I want us to to dive into a verse from Matthew 12. I think I think this verse here is a misinterpreted like freakishly often. Um, Two, I want you to, like, kind of describe how this verse plays with both a fundamentalist perspective and a charismatic perspective.
2: Oh, Shibuya.
0: And then we're going to move into the healthy, the, the healthy view of the Holy Spirit, and that will kind of conclude our podcast. So, so, Griffin, read the verse from Matthew 12, and then we'll dive into that.
2: Matthew 12, verse 31 and 32. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this
0: age or in the age to come. Whew. Okay. It's a heavy verse. It's a heavy verse. Like if we actually sit and look at what verse 32 says, that is a heavy verse. And what I'll, what I'll tell you, people look at Christianity and be like, oh, well, God who forgives all sins, he can't forgive this one. Like, what's up with this? Misinterpret Griffin. What does this mean? And then how does it play in with a fundamentalist and charismatic view?
2: Oh, let's do this. All right. <laughs> it, honestly, when you, when you look at this verse from the perspective of what we've just discussed, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Okay. Blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? To point us to Jesus. What is blasphemy against the Spirit? That's blaspheming the role of the Holy Spirit. That's turning away from Christ. Therefore, you are not saved. Yeah. Because that's what being saved is. Is, right. is having is, – is worshiping Jesus, lordship and faith, Lord, faith in Christ and lordship of Christ. Right. That is – that's the gospel. That's being saved. And if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, you're blaspheming against the Holy Spirit's job, which is to point us to Christ and therefore you're not saved
0: and not forgiven of your sins. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the crazy uh, – limited atonement. <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's, yeah, let's just keep going. Um, f- I'm just going to say that, bo- that this can apply to both a fundamentalist perspective and a charismatic perspective. Both, both viewpoints open the door to blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- be- through and because of the misinterpretation of who he is. If you devalue who the Holy Spirit is, then you are devaluing oh. God so like realize what's happening there this can happen without us even knowing that it's happening okay so like realize the danger of devaluing who god is the eternal creator of the world the per, you know the god who makes the seas come to a certain point and then stop you know the god who made the stars and the sun and the galaxies and the trees like the god who commands everything to obey him you're devaluing him okay like realize the weight of that, and then the charismatic, overemphasizing the spirit, you can fall into the same trap because you're because you're doing the same thing. You are you are allowing your emotions to drive what you're doing and, and who you are, and it's creating an idolatrous view of who God is. And then you're ultimately not even worshiping God; you're worshiping whatever idol you've created in your mind.
2: Well, and the charismatic view takes such a, a gross misinterpretation of the role of the Holy Spirit. That they, they give the Holy Spirit a completely different job than what he yeah. has in Scripture. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but what is blasphemy because the Holy Spirit? Yeah, <laughs> Las- Ex- exactly. Like, um, we have to have a proper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what his role is in order to worship him properly.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I think this is crucial to, to, to Christianity. So the first thing and i think i am actually going to move the second part of this of number 5 here up does it seem like from this verse that that this is a deal breaker
2: um well for, i feel like to the extremes yeah like if someone like and this is this is where it gets muddier cuz i don't want to generalize i don't want right. to really like no right, if you're right, charismatic right. you're not right right, right 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 like that's just that's just stupid i'd never say that right um but if, if there is a church or a person who is – I don't even want to say has a misunderstanding but has a, a purposeful misappropriation yeah. of who the Holy
0: Spirit is, even in light of these verses and in light of this discussion. And is knowingly going out and uh, – like they are knowingly going out and, you know, mis- knowingly misinterpreting scripture, like on purpose.
2: Right. And, and it's just – I don't know. And a faith that's built on, on a wrong understanding of who God is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. That, that's a hard conversation it's, to have. I,
0: I, would say, I would say for like – our role as Christians is not to go out and say, oh, you're fundamentalist. You're a charismatic. You guys aren't safe. Like that's not our point as Christians. But mm-hmm. the reason I asked this question – and I think, it's, I think it's important for us to know is because when we see ourselves falling into these tendencies, I want us to understand how big of an issue this is. Right. Like, like when we start telling God who he is and who he isn't, I want us to understand like in essence what we are doing to who God is. Like God is God regardless of whether you say he is or not. But what we're doing in our life is devaluing who he is and what he's done for us on the cross. And, and this is a major – look at what happens to Job, okay? So Job goes through all this difficulty and then near the end of the, near the, end of the book, he's like, like I don't deserve this. He took, he, he took his eyes off God. He did not have a right view of God in that moment. He began to justify himself based off his righteousness Right, he started telling God what he could and couldn't do based off his own righteousness, and then God came back in two chapters and slaughtered the man—not literally, okay, just with questions, okay. Like he came in and and asked the man question after question after question, knocking his pride down. I would say that's that's actually justifying your good works based off your righteousness is quite a fundamentalist view, okay? Yeah. Um, and so like we, the point of this is to uh, is to just. Show how big of a deal this is and how much God cares about us having a right view of Him. Uh, it, it's crucial to effective ministry. It's true. Uh, so, yeah, that. I want to spend so much more time on the Holy Spirit. Like like there's so much more we could talk about. We could talk about so much. But I do have some other podcasts that that I'll link in the show notes on the Holy Spirit on some sign gifts on what geographical continue, continuationism. We have we have a lot of resources for you guys. We have a show on the Trinity. So I'm going to I'm just going to We have a lot of shows, Griffin. What in the world? I'm just going through like We're almost on a year. Anyways, I'll link link all those shows for you guys in the show notes so that you guys can have those resources. I encourage you guys to go through. You can see that um, some of these verses are from John. Okay? Walk through the book of John. It's crazy how Jesus-centered John is, but it's crazy how Holy Spirit-centered John has to be so that it can be Jesus-centered. So go read through the book of John. It's amazing. All right? All right. Then, you know, Matthew, it's a little, it's a little more strict, you know, you, you, <laughs> you, you, your feelings might get hurt when you read Matthew, but that's okay because it's still, it's equally as good and inspired. Griffin, thanks for being on the show. Like, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking time and being great. on the show. It's great. Thanks for having me, man. I love coming and, uh, getting to talk about God. And you can great. hear, you got a new mic. All right. Like it sounds sound gorgeous. Beautiful. Like I think he sounds better than I do. And I'm kind of jealous because I'm the podcaster. So um, I'm just going to let that sit in the bitterness pool for a bit until I deal with it. But also, fun fact, I have sun poisoning. Uh, I just thought I'd let the podcast viewers know that. I am poisoned by the sun. He's peeling like a grape. Now, this would be a good reference if it was in Christianity because, yeah, like Jesus poisoned me. I'm, I'm, I'm diseased with Christianity. But you can make that sound good, right? I think— I mean, I don't know. I'm going to infect everyone. Reckless, right? Oh, man. I'm just on a rampage right now. I'm just being so reckless. Got Um, (laughs) it. No, but I am. I have been burned by the sun quite hard from a beach trip that I took recently. So I'm blistering and peeling and my face looks like I have leprosy and I'm struggling. So if you guys could keep me in your prayers, that'd be awesome. Email me your questions. I've had some awesome conversations with you guys this week. So thank you guys for reaching out to me. I hope... You guys have a great week. I hope you guys will tune in next week for an amazing episode. The Bible Project is coming up August 7th. So just get ready for that. I probably shouldn't have said that because these things tend to change. Um, But we're going to stick with it. August 7th is the planned day for The Bible Project. Guys, you are beautiful and you are one of a kind. That's right. Until next time, take care
1: and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at Grace Ministries at Yahoo.com or tweet us at Grace Nation Min. Until next time, take care and God bless.